defend Nickelback. I will defend Silver Side Up. I will defend that album. You know what? This is a place to do that. Yeah. And we... A the last can... episode would have been the better time to do it, but like I would definitely 100% stand up for Nickelback. But this episode... Are we recording right now? That you're currently <laughs> listening to. Of lowest common phenomenon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's Hope a this different is, episode. If this is the first episode uh, that anyone's listening to, then they're going to hate me. Because I just <laughs> said very passionately how much I will defend Nickelback. Oh, I could not think of a better way to open this episode than a uh, <laughs> quick sidestep into making people think we're about to defend Nickelback. And we're going to defend <laughs> something else that's kind of on par with it. Sure, uh, some of bit. it. Maybe not as hard, but like I like I like knowing that we uh we don't care about your opinions. And look, uh, all I'm gonna say is that the 2001 album Silver Side Up has some fucking bangers on it. It just does. I don't make the rules, but like Olivia I, Hidar, she doesn't make the rules. I have play. I have sung uh How You Remind Me at karaoke. This is how. You remind it me. fucking gets the crowd's juices flowing. <laughs> the juices are everywhere. There's just Olivia juices Hyder getting you juicy. Juices all over the place. When 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 you do uh, how you remind me at karaoke, I swear I people mean, like that song, and they don't admit it. No, no one admits it. See, I remember hearing "Look at this photograph" and crying <laughs> at my high school graduation uh, because uh, it, it 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 even it did make me feel something. Yeah, of course. Every Ooh. time I do it, makes me laugh. <laughs> we were, you know, we all had a lot of emotions as young people. Oh yeah, I cried to vitamin C. Yeah. As oh. We go on, if you have, if you never cried. To that fucking vitamin C song, you have no soul. Honestly. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly. It's made to manipulate the teenage soul. It is. It. Oh, you know what else, though? Uh, similarly, along the same lines, that also had a similar effect on me as mm-hmm. a teenager was uh, Freshman by Verve Pipe. You know that song? Mm-hmm. Yep. We were merely freshmen. And then just like tears. Yeah, just like. It's a sad song about people dying in high school. We're talking about a lot of sad songs today. It's true. We are going to get emotional. Ha! This is a, if there is an episode, I cannot think of an episode that could not have my name on it more. Because uh, <laughs> this is very much just like a high M27 kind of choice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was very much in like that, in that point of high school where a lot of like what we talked about in the previous episode, like Power Man and System of a Down. My liking it was a little just out of my age. Like, yeah. I remember it was peculiar to kids my age because right, it was very much right. like my older brother's music. And what everyone was listening to at the time, and that I very quickly got indoctrinated in, no matter how much I just like still wanted to be real punk rock about it, <laughs> uh, was emo. Yeah, and it's definite. Like, no one. <laughs> There's a saying that goes around where it's just like no one emo wants to be called emo. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where it very much like feels a little bit like a four-letter word. Definitely, it is. Uh, it's one of those things that is usually mm-hmm. used prerogatively to describe something. Like one of those similar popular, to new metal. Exactly, like new metal. It's one of, like at the last end of the 2000s. I mean, the early 2000s. There's literally a song. 
parroting the whole thing. Yes, I remember that I'm song. I'm an emo kid. Yeah, man. Talk about it. Two, if you were just like me. Another, uh, another terrible thing that doesn't hold up. Early uh, internet meme. Where it's like, what if we can kind of rap and we had a backing Yeah. And then I, we just like, dunked on I it. definitely thought that that song was really funny in I high did school. I did too. But uh, I don't think I've thought about it until just this moment. So I've thought about the actual emo genre more than I have about that definitely, song. Definitely, yeah. And uh, there's definitely been a bunch of – like, emo for me, I wasn't, like, giant into emo in mm-hmm. high school. Like, But I was really into, like, Jimmy World. Like, Bleed American came out right before I went into high school. Bleed American. And that album slaps. Are it, you <laughs> Sorry. I didn't even know which one that was, but I just knew that it's a, a Jimmy Eat World song. It's a... It's the sweetness. It's the sweetness. Uh, but I like, love the sweetness. Between, oh, sweetness was great, and uh, the middle was great, and I love... And, like, that whole album, I think, actually really holds up really well. But, like, I was into Jimmy Eat World, and I was into My Chemical Romance, the first their first album. Ooh, I love uh, the first album. And I think you definitely had a lot more. You were a lot deeper in emo than I was. Yeah. That was, like, the extent of my emo. And then other than that, I was making fun of it because I was a dick. Like, I can – I was thinking of tying in pop punk, but I feel like pop punk has its own separate universe. Yes, so definitely, so. yeah. Uh, and emo is very much its own thing of the time, especially when it comes to, like, early 2000s. Yeah. And it was weird. It was something that I really loved but made fun of constantly. And I don't think anything has ever, like – encapsulated my age group uh so well than something we're all doing but dunking on at the yes. same time yeah yes where it's like we're all deep into it but we're shitting on it yeah like right now we'll like shit on myspace but like i mean shit on wow i'm yeah. back in the age group we'll shit on facebook but like we're on it all the time right or like we'll like shell Lacroix, but like we drink it all the time right 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 and that's because we're of the generation where it's like we're all listening to Taking Back Sunday. Yeah. But uh, emo kids in their tight pants that I'm not currently well, wearing, Well, yeah, right? and, and you were, we mentioned this in the last episode, but you were in high school in, like, 2006 to 2010, yeah. the late 2000s, which are, like, a deeply irony-drenched time. Yeah. Like, irony was hot and heavy in the late 2000s. Yeah, and I think, which is why a lot of the stuff that has lasted are some of, like, the less ironic things. Yeah, like, an emo is... That's why it probably gets made fun of so much is because it is Not so earnest, it's- just – painfully earnest it's very painfully earnest it tells you who is who it is yeah and it's not and it's unflinching yeah because of the time it was like a lot of like prank shows or like prank call shows where it's like uh we're like laughing at people or like a lot of like ironic things like bloodhound gang was really popular at the time yeah and it was like we irony like bloodhound gang. totally yes uh like a lot of what existed in my generation was deeply ironic and emo was both really popular and made fun of because it gave people a place to like just like lean into yeah the angst. definitely yeah and in a way it, in a very like almost uncomfortable kind of way sometimes yeah. like if you look at a lot of the lyrics oh definitely the time, yes uh, I, I think lyrically is where a lot of emo songs kind of fall apart if you revisit them yeah uh, but yeah, between either just like sexist or poorly written, yeah, um, or just juvenile, also, juvenile. which is part of like you know, and that's like the risk that you run when you are be- pr- give- doing music that is so earnest, so earnest, and also you're so young, yes. But there's also the thing that holds up about it is there's a charm to someone just 
putting it out there to the point yeah yeah definitely there's a charm to where even if the lyrics are like a little bit jumbled sometimes yeah what made emo work was selling it yeah they weren't like the best lyrics sometimes but they were performed to the point of breathlessness right yeah yeah and they were all it's it there's a unifying tone of like both screaming, but also almost like wailing, wailing and crying almost yeah. while you're singing, which is almost like a a country music type thing. <laughs> it like has it an element of where it's like it's almost like a like a super hyped up version of like a tear in my beer ballad, like country yeah. music thing. It's very like Dolly Parton, Jolene. I'm yeah. begging you, <laughs> kind of <clears throat> feeling to it, and we were all very much in that like second term of Bush era. Yes. Where it was just like feeling exhausted and unheard. Yeah. And we were in that like pop punk was, and I swear I will do a pop punk episode, but pop punk at the time was like American idiot. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, very much like fuck the man and fuck the system. Yeah. We were, we were talking before we started recording, but like, man, uh, the year of my first job when I was in high school, 2004, uh, uh, American Idiot came out, and I would ju- that would just be on heavy rotation, along with we were listening to the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack. Exactly, both of those things, <laughs> which is why all of my friends asked me to put Guyliner on them. Yeah. Uh, but, like, <clears throat> around that time, pop punk was very much, like, political-based, and emo was very much just kind of like, no one's hearing me. Yeah. I'm alone. Why don't you love me? It's a lot of – it, it, it toes a fine line between earnestly expressing, like, sincere emotions and whining about like things that don't matter and there is a lot of both in it but i feel like it's because it was the people that were the young adults in the emo scene at the time or like the older teens that were playing in these bands yeah that came from the parents of a generation that was very much don't talk about anything yes yeah yeah they were like the post free love people that were like we're not talking about anything yeah we're not uh we're we're not uh, having conversations about you or your body or your feelings or any of these totally. developing things. And so it was from a generation that had been largely just like ignored and repressed. Yeah. That were suddenly into just like feelings and experimentations with things that at the time, because of our, because when I truly think about where we were when it came to like presenting alternative versions of sexuality yeah. and gender 10 years ago versus now. Like, I still feel like now is still not that great. But when I think about 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Almost oh, definitely. The explo- like the fucking pandemonium of Madonna and Britney kissing. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how now that's fucking nothing. But like at the time it was like, are these women going to be dropped from their labels? <laughs> yeah. And right around that time you had emo where it was just like. Boys kissing boys and girls that look like boys and boys that look like girls. Yeah. And nobody's really very gender. It's all very fluid. Early 2000s emo, very androgynous, that scene kid style where, like, scene kid is a gender neutral term, I think. I think so, too. Because, like. Scene kid's one of our first dabbles into gender <laughs> yeah. neutrality. Because it's like, because a scene kid, like, you picture a scene kid and it's like floppy dark Long hair. Fun. Yep. Uh, pale colors in the hair. Uh, and heavy eye makeup. Heavy eye makeup and nail, black nail polish. And shapeless t-shirt. Shapeless t-shirt, tight jeans, and like, but like that's how the girls and the boys dressed. Very similarly. Yeah. To where like even because of the just the t-shirt thing, like no one really had tits when you were seeing. Yeah. Either. So like everybody was like the same shape 
right, and, right. and face. And it was one of our first explorations into gender neutrality, which is why I think older people disliked it so much. Yeah, sure. Because it was like, men aren't men anymore. Yeah. Because it was like the long hair. Guys I knew had flat irons, and they were putting product in their hair. <laughs> yeah. And they were even like putting eyeliner on in the morning. And these were men that on a daily basis groom themselves so heavily and put on makeup and like at the time it was just like uh pansy uh yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah. now when we look at it it's like oh man those are the things that like allowed our generation to feel some flexibility totally in gender presentation and sexual exploration because like i googled emo boys kissing all <laughs> the time because that's also like we were watching the i'm not okay video yes earlier yeah yeah for my chemical romance and uh, which is a great song. Great song. Great song. That album rules. That album rules. Singing that in my room is. I still do that yeah. now. But it's like, got bangers from top to bottom. It's a very low budget video that ends with two of them like kissing each other on the cheek, which yeah. at the time was just like gasp. Right, and right. For me, was one of the first like ways I started to learn about my own queerness. Yeah, was watching these androgynous people all make out with each other. <laughs> yeah, uh, it definitely like. 2004 was also the year where I was uh, kind of getting expressing that my queer identity as mm -hmm. well. And like, yeah, uh, emo was a little bit of a part of it. Also, the I would watch DVDs of the show Queer as Folk. That was a big deal. Uh, yeah. Because like a very brief history in emo that Olivia and I uh, just learned together was that it started in the 80s in the D.C. area. Yeah. With bands like Rites of Spring. That's back when it was called emo core. Yeah, which yeah, because everything in punk is core. It has to have a core at some point. Uh, have you even heard of and also, core? it was like, and if you listen to the old emo bands, like the really old emo bands, uh, they're all it's what we we would call now screamo. Yeah, and like, and that is it's all coming directly from the hardcore tradition, and just deciding to inject some more overt. Uh, emotions into like your typical hardcore because it's always songs. Been very emotional. Yeah, but it's a lot more to where it w somebody accurately pointed out as the song gets to the crescendo, they like increase intensity to the point of like curled up exhaustion into feelings. Yes, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's a little bit more, um, almost like it's radical how soft emo wanted to be, even though it was screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't like I'm screaming at you. It was I'm screaming and I hurt a lot. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm very tender I, and it's open. for attention and needing uh, love. Yeah, like Captain Jazz is when you saw that like it started to totally, veer yeah. into the attention and love, love, space, love, love Captain Jazz. Where it wasn't so much like I'm angry, but just kind of like love me. Right. And then you have. And that was, like, Captain Jazz came along with, like, the second wave. Right, yeah, in the, in the late 90s. I am a child of the third wave. Yes. Where we got significantly more androgynous. Yes, very uh, much more androgynous. And, and in my personal opinion, uh, like, not as much, like, the m more mainstream things were not as appealing to me. They were, they were very appealing to me because I really liked the theater of it. Yeah. Because, like... You had less theatrical people like Jimmy World and Sunday right, right, right. and um, uh, Brand New, yeah, uh, and they were more emo and just kind of like their lyrics and performances. But then you had like Fall Out Boy and My Chemical Romance and Panic at the Disco and Paramore, yeah. and they were all about theatrics. Like, yeah, they were they were very much calling to like the creative repressed theater kids. Totally, because you had Panic at the Disco. Which they very much did like a circus kind. Yeah, of. Yeah, that was I, that's a band that I remember. <laughs> being actively put off by <laughs> i 
<laughs> loved the circus in it because yeah. I was a big Amanda Palmer fan. Oh, totally. So yeah. I liked a lot of like the vaudeville, very like yeah. circus kind of themed uh, uh, aesthetics of it. And like, especially now, Panic at the Disco is a band that I feel like kind of just like grew with my age as it. Every album was like where I was. That's in my fair. Yeah, I know that they're 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 a band that is pretty wide, well regarded. I think. Uh, yeah. At this point, I liked that they. I liked seeing men of my time be dandies. Yeah. I I liked totally the white glove artistry that it went into it because. Especially, like, growing up Latina, I was surrounded by a lot of machismo. Yeah. I was surrounded by a lot of, like, this is what a man looks like. And right, this is right. how a man behaves. So when I saw men that were, like, delicate and powdered and yeah. wearing blush and, uh, like, just wailing with long hair and painted <laughs> nails, it was, it was this whole good new world for me. Yeah. And, like... With Fallout Boy, where it's just like, oh man, you're all kissing each other, and you're all kind of gay, and I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like I was telling you before, My Chemical Romance, which I, there's something so inherently dorky about them. Oh yes, yeah, yeah like yeah. that they knew how dorky they were, even though they were all like kind of pretty. Yeah. Uh, that definitely is like, oh, of course you wrote Umbrella Academy. Uh, <laughs> but keyed into me maybe more than anyone else because I liked how macabre it got. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was My Chemical Romance was right on the goth side of emo. Yeah, because it, they were especially big on the uh, black suits and or red white ties. like and red ties and like white face makeup and stuff like making themselves as pale and gothy as possible. Oh, I did the red eye makeup. Yeah. For a while. Like, if you look at my old MySpace photos, <laughs> I look dead as shit. My hair is red. Yeah. Like, candy apple red. <laughs> and I straighten it all the time. And I have, oh. the, I have the side across bangs. Oh, yeah. I even had the little bows. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's what I did. <sighs> I wanted to dye my hair bright colors so much when I was in high school. My mom would not let me. The only reason I got away with red was because I was like, red is close to a real color. Yeah. And then she wanted me to change it until the principal said something about it. And for some reason, that irked my mom. So yeah. she's just like, I hate it, too, but I hate you more. <laughs> so she let me keep it because the principal hated it. Nice. Which was That's good. Fantastic. Good mom. And as soon as I turned 18, I went, like, every color in the world until I settled at blue at 22. Yeah. And now it's just getting into a darker blue. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I, – I did – finally dyed my hair when after I transitioned. <laughs> it took it took breaking every other uh social norm <laughs> in order for it, me to be fine with uh doing that one. <laughs> yeah. I will say one of the parts of emo that definitely affected the way I see romance that's maybe a little fucked up despite how much I loved it and still do is the idea that you could develop an emotional connection with someone by just being like the same kind of sad. Yeah, definitely. That yeah, that's still that's something that took a long time to get out of my like, head too. Everyone in my age group is broken by that because just like I'm sad, you're sad. You're sad too. We could be sad together, and that's what love is. Yeah. No. I it took me like until I was like twenty three, twenty four, <laughs> where it was just like same kind of sad, right? Yeah. Like it. I remember talking to people on dates about that where it was like, do you remember how, like, that's how we found love? And they're like, that's not how you find love. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I uh, learned that real young. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, a lot of My Chemical Romance ones had either, like, 
a dead girl in a coffin or yes. like a fake trailer yes. or like a fake war movie or yeah. they really leaned into the very dramatic imaginative dramatic end of yeah. it all when we'd been told to not be dramatic most of our lives yeah when things like around 9-11 where it was very much just kind of like america pull up your bootstraps don't complain about anything right already, like, yeah we it was a bad time. It was a bad time. So of I course really we're very and yeah, and people. I'm like, uh, it's funny that we're doing this whole mini series because I am like the most vocally anti 2000s nostalgia person because and I'm, I'm the most pro. I'm like, I never. This does not deserve to be a time that we fondly remember. There are things to re- fondly remember, like this music that we're talking about, and like uh, you know, certain TV shows and stuff, but like you got to take a sober look back and say, no, that was a bad decade. On the whole, extremely bad decade. Uggs, shaming women anytime they got yeah. out of the car and we uh, took a photo of them definitely upskirt. when I learned about uh, anti-Arab racism. That yep. was that was a, a first-hand lesson. But even then, I have this like deep affection for the early 2000s for setting some interesting groundwork. Sure. Because, like, for me, I still love a lot of the music that came out of it. Yeah. It's still really fun. And Some of it. A lot of it, a lot of it is fun in a way that stuff isn't really that fun now. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff right now. There's a lot of fun stuff right like, now. Like, that's the thing. There's so much good there's music There's a lot right of fun now. stuff right now. But there's a dorky earnesty that I really miss yeah. about it. Because a, a lot of the popular music that you see right now feels like it knows how cool it is. Yeah. It seems like the thing right now and for the last few years has been uh, that all the popular music is just going to be about having a good time and having fun because the rest of the world is sucks so bad. It's very much either a good time, fun, or it's indie girl with long vowels, <laughs> very soft voice, not quite Bjork, very, like, halsey. Yeah. Uh and uh, I, man, I miss I miss the same three chords. I miss the same <laughs> three chords. Yeah, there's it's it. Yeah, there's not a lot of that three chord rock right now. I I miss that three chord, whaley ass tight pants. Yeah, this is probably why I'm very into everyone else that's regressed into that <laughs> age group. But like, I also recognize how dorky a lot of it was because like. Yes. And things that I still love, like, I still love the song Curse of Curves by Cute Is What We Aim For. I know that is a dumb band name. It that is a dumb, yes. dumb, dumb band name. Yes, it is. And I want someone provocative and talkative. <laughs> but it's so hard when you're shallow as a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is one I don't know. Is a real life lyric. This is like, a, this episode's a lot of you teaching me about a bunch of shit that I've never really heard much. That was a popular song and it was very much just like oh we're all we could just all do stuff yeah it very much sparked i think a lot of like the diy youtuber era okay because that was also a lot of people that were doing like scene makeup hair tutorials scene makeup tutorials sure uh, yeah this is how you play like this chord progression on this song <laughs> or like these are my versions where i take an emo song and i cut anime to it oh and, totally or that's still pretty popular it's still pretty popular but also those are like the people that would become like future editors yeah and future content makers and future people that didn't know that these things were accessible but like the emo movement brought them into it totally 
So a lot of these former emo kids are people that I meet that are like DPs now. Yeah. Or like they're like uh, makeup people or wardrobe people or people that work in the entertainment industry with me that are yeah. very much just like we had a lot of feelings and we were very creative. <laughs> and this world told us we could do the thing. Here's here's YouTube. Here's how to do your own hair and fucking just learn the same three chords and start your own goddamn band. Yeah. And those are the people now that are just like, I taught myself everything. Yeah. It was a very DIY era. Definitely, yeah. That's a big part of, like, that, the, like, also, like, making your own clothes and making your own makeup and shit was a big deal in the scene. Yeah, I would buy cheap eyeliner and hold it over a lighter until it got soft enough and then smudge it into my eyes in the bathrooms. Hell yeah. Like, it was, it was, it was very much, like, yes, we listened to Simple Plan, but we were trying. (laughs) (laughs) Like, or... Even some that still hold up in ways like I was telling you about a Taking Back Sunday song called um, No, not Taking Back Sunday. Taking Back Sunday was another one of just like the yeah. you're a liar and let's fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, say anything. Who still holds up? Who had a amazing song called Alive with the Glory of Love. Right. And uh, yeah, it, we listen to that. Uh, I I haven't played it yet, but it's the one I was telling you about where it's he wrote about like the perspective of his grandparents at Auschwitz. Like, in yes, love yeah, and yeah, running yeah. from the Nazis. <laughs> and it feels like teenage pop punk Casablanca. Yeah. And it's it's that mixture of, like, rebellion and feelings that gave us this generation now that's just kind of like, we're learning how to communicate. And we're learning that maybe we don't all exist on a certain kind of binary. <laughs> and maybe we're all not, like, a certain kind of straight or, like, that gay or, like, yeah. that. it. It's the thing that taught us flexibility. Yeah, fluidity. It taught us fluidity. It taught us uh, that you really have to make sure you tie your shoe tight before you kick a shoe in the air listening to the used and Motion City soundtrack. <laughs> sure. This sounds like a specific lesson, but... They're very specific. I lost many of my shoes listening to... Yeah, we should play some of that for uh, Miles Morales. <sighs> I love Miles. Spider-Man. So much. Uh, that movie just came out. On on video. I'm going to steal it from a Target. Yeah, it's very good. I don't have money, so I'm going to steal. But, like... I'll send you a pirated copy. Thank you. Sorry. We'll buy it, Peter Peter Ramsey and all you guys, Lord and Miller. We're going to buy it eventually. I'll give you money at some point. I just bought... But we need our fix. I just... I need need to afford milk, too. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, the... Unfortunately, anytime I talk about any email band... I have to address the fact, and most people don't like criticizing things they love, especially when it's on a nostalgic end. There's, like, one female-led band. That is true, yes. Two tops. Yeah. Flyleaf and Paramore, pretty much. And I know yeah, there are yeah, other yeah. ones, but when it came to mainstream, it was very much a boys' game. Yeah, and one of those, uh, the way that I know them, I can't remember which one. It was either Flyleaf or Paramore. I think it might have been Flyleaf, actually. I think oh. I said Paramore earlier. But then I—that's because I had forgotten about Flyleaf, ah. and I think it was Flyleaf who was on, uh, who was in the fourth Die Hard movie uh, when Justin Long was introduced. He was listening to a Flyleaf song. Amazing, <laughs> but like, anytime people are like, man, this generation's obsessed with killing themselves and also like fucking each other. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're grown up emo kids. That is true. Yeah, definitely. Like we we all, we all wanted to die. We all wanted to have sex with each other, and also we're all very like. Goofy in a way that upsets people older than us. <laughs> uh, because now a lot of those p- 
people that grew up that are in some of like a lot of the like alternative comedy that you see. Yeah. Where it's like longer, stranger, or more reverent bits. Yeah. Uh, and it makes sense when you look at the song titles that they used to have. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were reading some of these song titles. All right, let me see if I can find this goddamn article. All right. <clears throat> so, see, these are some of the longest emo song titles because – even then, it was self-aware enough to try and make some punchline. Sometimes, sometimes it was self-aware. Other times, it was very much like some of this doesn't sound self-aware. Some of this just sounds like some dude with his head up his own ass. Oh, honestly, that's because you don't like it. It's not. I mean, I don't inherently dislike it. I do like a lot of emo, and a lot of this is very much head up its ass. But there are some that, when you hear them, are like, "All right, there's some self-awareness." Right. Uh, this is not one of them. <laughs> this is. Fallout Boy with, I have a dark alley and a bad idea that says you should shut your mouth, uh, parentheses, summer song. <laughs> yeah, Fallout Boy is one that I actively disliked when I was in high school. I like them more as an adult now, actually. Yeah. But I was a big Panic of the Disco one. Uh, Panic of the Disco with, there's a good reason these tables are numbered, honey. You just haven't thought of it yet. Okay, guys. And then... Uh, like, what? Who cares? Like what? You're gonna sing that in the song? Is that one of oh, the lyrics? Most of the time, they're not even the lyrics. Yeah, I know. So f what the fuck are you even talking? <laughs> they're just taking all of the creativity. What does this have to hands? do with anything in the song? Nothing. Exactly, and that's most of the humor that we all share now. Yeah. It's, this has nothing to do with the other thing. We're just doing it because we can. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> this one's very much just like, oh, guys, you were really in your own feelings, huh? Weren't you? Goddamn. Uh, was that the title of the song? No, this one. Because that could have been a title of one of these titles of Any the songs. Any Amazing Race episode title can also be an emo song. Yeah? Because they're well, all you very have long. To have a, surely you have an example. After <laughs> like, Jeffrey, We're Going Home or oh, something like yes, that. Yes, totally. Or just kind of like... That sounds like a Fallout Boy song. Most, like, if you go through Amazing Race and look at the titles, it's all that. Yeah. Uh, this is Mayday Parade with You Be the Anchor That Keeps My Feet on the Ground, I'll Be the Wings That Keep Your Heart in the Clouds. Jerk off motion, uh, which is, guys, uh, this like is holy shit, guys, calm down. Panic of the disco with the only difference between martyrdom and suicide is press coverage. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and this is my. Favorite this is one. the part that's gonna defeat me. <laughs> this one I actually love. This is one of the ones where I'm like, it's very self-aware, and this is the same band that did the um, uh, grandparents running from the Nazis song. Mm -hmm. Say anything with, I will never write an obligatory song about being on the road and missing someone. Sure, man. And it's a song about that. Uh, yeah. Which I really love. Uh, and then there was the other one that I liked that was about the, the our lawyer made us change. Oh, that was Fall Out Boy with our lawyer made, the, made us change the name of this song so that we wouldn't get sued. I like that. That's funny. That is a funny song title. It's. It, I think Weird Al should use that song title. I think he'd have a lot of fun with that. One. <laughs> and I think it it very much like sets sets a good tone. And then My Chemical Romance with Honey, this mirror isn't big enough for the two of us. Yeah. Which uh, definitely adds to the uh, oh. So they also wear eyeliner with me, so we can wear eyeliner together. Tight. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I very much like the. I love the genre because of the people that it created and also yeah. the fact that I do enjoy going back to it. Sure, yeah. There's a, and Like I said, there's been a lot that I've gone back and revisited and been very, uh, very happy with and, like, yeah. really loved. Like, uh, you know, I did mention uh, Bleed American. Jimmy Worlds is great. And um, I also really like – I love Captain Jazz we mentioned earlier. Yeah. I love Captain Jazz. Um, 
trying to think of some other emo bands that I've gone back and have really liked. I did enjoy that uh, Dashboard Confessional song that we played from the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack. Oh, Even though I don't like... I really don't like Dashboard Confessional very much. But oh, I don't like, either, but Vindicated. That song was good. I am selfish. I, I am wrong. wrong. Yeah. I am right. I swear I'm right. Yeah. I swear I knew it all along. <laughs> Jesus. I, just on my knees, yeah. shouting this into the sky <laughs> as a teenager. <laughs> oh, God. Or like a... It's very like much... Like a lot of Taking Back Sunday where it's just like that, that boy with his whole mouth on the microphone voice. <laughs> now, okay, of all these songs that we've mentioned, what percentage of them do you think have been turned into a Romeo plus Juliet supercut? Is it all of them? Is it every single one? I'm going to say 98%. Because, <laughs> like, I was just thinking, like, that movie is fucking emo as shit. That movie <laughs> is a fever pitch. Really is. I love, I do, I seriously love Romeo plus Julia. It's my favorite. I legitimately love it's it. It's my favorite Baz Luhrmann movie. Uh, but boy, like, you just when you were talking about that Vindicate, I was just picturing you, like, doing Leonardo DiCaprio on his knees in the rain. Yep. Like, I am selfish. I am wrong. <laughs> I was a I was a Leo that grew into a Mercutio. Aww. I I found my place in the world. I'm Mercutio now. Yeah, and now you like to do psychedelics and and go to parties and dance. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I no, went from totally. like pleading and just being like, ah, Crystal, any of the four. Why don't you? Because <laughs> I've dated four crystals. Love me. Oh boy. It's uh, a lot of crystals. Different spellings too. Of course. Like two of the. Well, if the you same. if you. Dated four crystals with the same spelling, it'd be like you're dating the same person. I mean, one was Korean. Okay, so she didn't, <laughs> she didn't look like the other crystals, which very much like look like crystals. Yeah. Oh, really? They look like uh, like her name is Crystal. like if you're imagining a crystal in your brain. So, did you ever have like that scummy guy friend who's just like, man, he just keeps dating women that are just kind of like gonna eat him alive, and then like leave and she like deserves to take everything yeah that was three of my crystals <laughs> yeah and i and i was just the idiot that like <laughs> smelled like cigarettes all the time and deserved to have most of my curling iron stolen yeah there you go That's how you doing get. crystals hey crystals i'm sure they're listening all Any four of them the they all, all four they listen no, together the fourth one may or may not be married and with a baby and how you doing crystal but they still get together and they and they listen to the podcast Said every I'm, week hey crystal that's my Korean one. Yeah. I don't still love you, Crystal. That was just because it was a word I remember in Korean. Um, <laughs> well, that was a uh, four crystals. That's uh, a yeah. what is that? A uh, Joshua Tree, four psychopaths. Yeah, of? yeah. It'd be like well, it's like a it's the higher class spinoff of Four Loco, Four Crystals. That's I'm the face four of crystals. That. I'm the face of that. <laughs> yeah. Considering I, it's really not that long since I've had a Four loco. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever had a Four loco. I had one a year ago, and I uh, almost barfed. Radiston Zahari yeah, made they me sound eat gross. an entire bag of No, Joe K made me eat an entire bag of chips. Joe. Because Ra- he was like, you need to have food in you so you can sober up. And then Rad tried to put the Four loco on top of the fridge because I'm too short to reach it. But what he didn't account for was that I'm really good at climbing when I'm drunk. So... <laughs> 
I got to that poor loco, finished it on top of the fridge like a little raccoon. Yep. And then this uh, all tracks is a Vanessa story. Went so to a Seven Eleven because my shoes were making me bleed. Stuffed maxi pads in my shoes because, okay. like, honestly, yep. that's a good idea when your shoes are making you bleed. Yeah, actually, yeah, totally. They're spongy and they yeah, absorb that the makes sense. blood. Uh, and then cried for a long time uh, oh. until I got a nine over hangover. It's a full Vanessa evening. It is a nut. I thought for the longest time that people perceived me this way, that were people that just, like, had known me for a long time and that I was, like, different as of recently, like a more together, uh, calmer, put-together me. And it was, like, everyone still thinks I'm like this, but, like, they don't know that I've, like, changed in the last three months. Uh And someone who met me within the last three months, so they know what I thought was the supposed newer, calmer, more-together me, uh... Gave me a hug as my phone kept making different sounds from different people <laughs> contacting me. And then just said, there's a lot of chaos that follows you, is it? <laughs> and I was like, you only know better me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just goes to show you can never really change. There's, you know, so a leopard can't change their spots and Vanessa can't change chaos. As I like brought a crate of stuff I found in the road, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you've changed. You've really grown and matured. I didn't pick up anything that could have bed bugs on it. Hey, well there you go. That's progress. <laughs> Did you were you eating the were you eating the sandwich you found on the ground or something too? I actually brought that up recently because somebody was like, I was on this like dating style show and they were like, Bachelorette number two, what's your grossest habit? And I was like, Well, according to my friend Olivia. <laughs> That's how I started it. Because <laughs> I had just had a smear off ice. Yeah. Just pounded that thing to the dome. Totally. I was like, well, according to my friend Olivia, it's that I eat wet sandwiches on the ground, and I actually heard him go. <gasps> <laughs> and I was like, I'm not getting picked, am I? No. Uh, <laughs> no. And he was like, what's the weirdest thing you ever did as a teenager? And I'm like, I don't know, get married. And <laughs> he's like, what's a weird quirk your family has? And I was like, well, they keep going to jail. <laughs> Like, he picked Bachelorette number three, but he might as well have just said not Bachelorette number two. Because, like, it came to the point where he started getting scared to ask me questions. Where he'd, like, open up another question and it would be like, oh, God, Bachelorette number two, what's the worst thing you've ever done during sex? Like, I'd hear him hesitate to ask more as it went on. Or he'd be like, Oh no! What's the most trouble you've ever gotten in without getting caught? You don't have to answer this. No, don't. No, never mind. Never, never mind. mind. Never mind. Oh man. That was a person who couldn't see me through a wall, but had already decided no. Yeah. Uh, I just had to for the listeners. I just had to uh, leave the <laughs> leave the table and go walk away, so I wasn't hacking up a lung on the microphone. For that, we thank you. <coughs> oh my God. That's so yep. funny. Yep, it's been it's just been like a week of me reintegrating into that world and it hasn't. Yeah. I'm not I should like take another month. It's yeah. been a month. I'll take another month. You know, it probably is a good idea. Cuz it wasn't even like I'm seeing people, but it was just like, "Hey, you want a smooch? It'll be normal." And it hasn't even gone that well. <laughs> yeah, you're like calling a guy a little man while you're telling him to make out with you. <laughs> Like, it's it's probably not the best adventures in dating that anyone's ever had. Honestly, it used to be worse. 
hey, you still made out, which is more than I would ever say. Yeah, it's better than the dude Can't even remember the who last didn't time blink I made the out. entire time. Oh. Wait, you didn't close his eyes while you were making out? Oh, I would stop making out with him. It was like four years ago. He didn't blink the whole time. I thought we were going to go on a date. <laughs> we stayed in his apartment. Uh, he and he didn't blink the whole time? I kept wa- waiting for it. And he... Uh, at one was point he an alien? Took his shirt off. Uh, Did he have nipples? Did he have a belly he, button? He had nipples, but he had like no body hair. Uh, and he immediately like took his shirt off and explained away the no body hair. Oh, where he was like, buddy. He was like, oh, I just did a hydroxy cut commercial and I had to shave. Uh, okay. And he's like, that's when my chest is prickly. And then <coughs> made me the worst shake I'd ever had in my entire life. And we went to his bedroom because I was still 22 and like trying to get some. And. <laughs> I can't believe I'm hearing this story. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, hey, I just have, like, a request if it's, like, cool. And I was like, sure, I'll, like, listen to anything. I won't (laughs) say yes, but I'll listen to anything. And this man does not know how to ask for things. Will you eat your underwear? No. Can I drink your pee? No. Will you drink my pee? That's not the order you asked. You start with the last one. <laughs> it's like you asked for twenty, then ten, then five. Yeah. And this man went five, twenty, ten. Yes. And it, and then started playing freeform jazz. Oh no! And when I said I don't like the freeform jazz, played bound because Jennifer oh. Tilly really does it for him. Yeah. Hey, you know I get it. That bounds makes sense. Bounds a sexy movie. The fact that he had Hampton Yunt's album cover taped to his wall, and that's when I made eye contact with the whole time. <sighs> Made it maybe the worst date of my life, which is why now, now, me straddling someone and yelling, I'm an adult at them. Still not that bad. (laughs) I'm doing fine. That is fair. It's not freeform jazz and here's two tickets to a comedy club. (laughs) Yeah, that happened after like in fucking Aubrey Hepburn. Yeah. Audrey Hepburn. Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) You know, hey. But at least you're at least you're making out. And you know who made out a ton? Who? Emo kids. Emo kids. Emo yeah. Kids. Are we trying to get back on track? We're trying to. Why? Make it <laughs> wow, my guinea pigs just decided to get so fucking loud. Uh, settle down, dudes. We're making a conclusion, so then we can uh, end this episode oh, and yeah. get more high and listen to Taking Back Sunday. Definitely. All right. Uh, that's the conclusion. What? Yeah. I mean, I I feel like I concluded it before with just the fact that it's like, it's something that we tend to shit on, but we shit on it because it's a big reflection of our own. Yes. Yeah, I think that is where a lot of the gut feelings. instinct hate comes from. A lot of the gut instinct hate is one of those things where it's like, it's because it, <laughs> it's because it, uh really mirror some stuff that we wish wasn't mirrored. Right. And it's not even like a shame thing. It's just because as a society, we haven't yet learned how to communicate our negative feelings. Yeah. And this younger generation is getting better at it. Definitely. But we were the ones that needed a little help in a certain direction. Yeah. And emo did that for us. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. I, I appreciate it. I do. I do really appreciate it as a genre. And I think it's having a little bit of a comeback. Oh, definitely. I think I think now is a time where people are really starting to like open themselves back up to emo again. Well, yeah, because we're back to that similar time period where it's just I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. And I need to tell you I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. That's why you're seeing a big comeback of the genre. Yeah, most definitely. And a big uh, 
reappraisal and a reappreciation for these things. Hell yeah. Right on. Right on. Where can the people find you or us? You can find me on uh, all forms of social media under at Nesgritten. That's N-E-S-G-R-I-T-T-O-N and VanessaGritten.com. Also, check out my other podcast, Brouhaha Podcast, yeah. as well as my yeah. sketch team at Hail Night Church. We're weird. Woo! Lots of lots of fake blood and shit. Lots of fake blood. Uh, lots of Lots lot of, of fake blood, comma, and shit. Not like fake blood and shit. There's still time. I hope not. I hope there's not enough One of time. us is going to hit a John Waters <laughs> face soon, I'm sure. There's 11 of us, and we're fucking weird. <laughs> That's true. It's bound to happen. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at HiTheRHiDar. That's H-A-I-D-A-R. Uh, yeah. And uh, you can find Locom Phenom, lowest common denominator, at Locom Phenom uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, yeah, and I'm sure we'll have a website or something eventually. We'll figure it out. We'll get that done. Uh, but, yeah, thanks so much for hanging out, guys. Uh, what are we going to do next week? Next week? We, uh, we're hopefully going to have a guest. We're not going to say who because we don't. it's not 100%. And so, it'll be a fun surprise. But it'll be nice. We're going to try to have our first guest for the next episode. That's a first. That's a yeah. big, That's actually a pretty big step. And we're going to talk about the most important thing in my life. Yeah. Which actually just got me hired for a job because I said it was one of the most important things in the world to me. Hell yes. yes jackass. Yeah. We're going to talk about jackass, which is going to be another thing where – uh, I think that was a huge part of your formative years. It shaped I think what I think is funny. Yeah, and like, and I was I was late to the party, but I really love it. I do. I sincerely love Jackass. I think it's so much fun. Yay! So keep tuning in. We love you so much. Bye. Thank you guys. Bye. I'm not okay. I promise. <laughs> Trust me.